To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk us through a few things. Uh, I have hidden these from my co-hosts, so I'm excited to <laughs> mm. get your real-time reactions on these. But I'm a little anxious. Again, when I say from the very beginning, I mean literally. So let's turn back the clock to January 22nd, 2020. That was the day China shut down travel in and out of Wuhan, a city of 11 million and the capital of the Hubei province. Um, U.S. press accounts at the time described Wuhan as China's Chicago because it's an industrial city, although Wuhan is maybe three or four times the population of Chicago. Um, So that same day, January 22nd, 2020, the first day that there's a, you know, travel restriction in Wuhan. The New York Times ran its first piece on the move, referring to it from the very beginning as a quote-unquote lockdown. Here's a quote from that piece, uh, which was called, Wuhan Center of Coronavirus Outbreak is Being Cut Off by Chinese Authorities. Quote, Extreme measures during outbreaks have been imposed elsewhere before. Still, medical experts were startled by the scale of the shutdown in Wuhan. Dr. Tom Inglesby, director of the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security, said that a city the size of Wuhan has tens of thousands of connections with the outside world that are coming and going all the time, bringing food and medicine. Quote, the complexity and downside cost of that will be potentially very high, Dr. Inglesby said. The same day, January 22nd, 2020, New York Times runs a second article. Headline, scale of China's Wuhan shutdown is believed to be without precedent. With the subheader, in sealing off a city of 11 million people, China is trying to halt a coronavirus outbreak using a tactic with a complicated history of ethical concerns. So here's something from the main body of that. In closing off Wuhan, a city of more than 11 million people, China deployed on Thursday morning a centuries-old public health tactic to prevent the spread of infectious disease. Experts said the stunning scale of the shutdown was without precedent. James G. Hodge, Jr., director of the Center for Public Health Law and Policy at Arizona State University, said the shutdown would almost certainly lead to human rights violations and would be patently unconstitutional in the United States. (laughs) Professor Hodge said quarantines could be effective if they selectively isolate only those who have been infected or are suspected of infection. The response in Wuhan, with the establishment of a cordon sanitaire type boundary, goes much further than that. Quote, quarantine would be saying, you can't leave your own home, can't go to school, work, or church, he said. But the Chinese authorities, quote, have drawn a line around this city and said no one in and no one out. That type of thing is obviously an excessive response. Oh, it's it's so strange looking back at it from this perspective to see how immediately right out the door that idea of sort of doing a targeted shutdown to like actually contain the disease is something that's framed as like initially and like aggressively un-American, essentially. And, and it you know, and in the moment as kind of like COVID was unfolding, right? Like most people in the United States aren't even paying attention to COVID in in January. It's not for like another month and a half that it's going to sort of become more of a national conversation. But even in this sort of early, early moment where there's really no clue as to the possible scale of COVID, it's lockdowns are un-American and unconstitutional and not going to fucking happen. Bottom line. Obviously, well, and which is, an excessive response. 
which is I, I have this very distinct memory of reading the local paper on one of the, I think, first first weeks after sort of uh, declarate the WHO declaration. And one of the first things I was reading about was Cordon Sanitaire, the United States in yeah. 1918. Right. So it's I mean, I think that that's um, the fact that that set stories in January is kind of uh, nicely illustrative of the kind of the way that the path was set. Yeah, absolutely. So again, that article ran the day that they announced the first measures in Wuhan, same day. Um, to give you an idea of how that played out over the coming days, again, I think that this period, as we've kind of mentioned, I think this period is really important to look at because, you know, January 22nd, the first actions taken in Wuhan, a lot of stuff doesn't happen in the U.S. until March. So there is, you know, to the extent, as B's mentioning, to the extent that there's discussion about uh, COVID in the U.S., there's, I think, a very different discussion happening happening at this point in the sort of, you know, intervening maybe two months or so between when actions are taken in China and when some of the first stay-at-home orders um, or otherwise, like, really, you know, public health recommendations, for example, are issued in the United States. And I think it is revealing in a way that a lot of the way that they're talked about from the jump is very familiar to what we would have read, I mean, up to just a couple of weeks ago, I think, right? In any case, to give you an idea of how this played out in the coming days, um, here are a few headlines I'm just going to stick with. Uh, These are all from the New York Times. And I'm just going to read these quickly because I think you get a sense of the arc, if you will, um, in the sort of week or two or three weeks following um, this happening. So January 25th, 2020, New York Times again, headline, China expands virus lockdown, encircling 35 million, encircling. Um, January 25th, 2020, coronavirus exposes core flaws and few strengths in China's governance. January 27th, 2020, opinion, will the largest quarantine in history just make things worse? Um, (laughs) January 27th, 2020, what if we all get sick? Coronavirus strains China's health system. To fight the expanding outbreak, the country is relying on a medical system that is overburdened even in normal times. Sounds familiar. Yeah. January 29th, 2020. Again, we're seven days out from, from this happening. Headline, coronavirus spreads and the world pays for China's dictatorship. Oh, my God. With the subhead, she used his tight rule to control information rather than stop an epidemic. Um, And by February 15th, 2020, to tame coronavirus, Mao-style social control blankets China. Um, (laughs) New York Times really tore in in January of 2020. It's, It's kind of remarkable to see it laid out like that. Just the sort of clear, like... This is a Chinese problem. This is a problem of China's governance. This is not an American problem and nothing about this response would ever be replicated here. So one of those headlines that I just read in particular, I assume, may have jumped out to listeners. So I just want to zoom in on on one of these real quick, which is the uh, January 27th, 2020 article. Will the largest quarantine in history just make things worse? Um, this again, January 27th. Remember, that is five days from the initial pandemic policies uh, being enacted in Wuhan. So we are, you know, not even a, a week out. And the uh, the New York Times is asking, essentially, will this make things worse? I just want to read a little bit of this. The article begins with, quote, 
It's the largest quarantine in human history, but will it stop the disease? To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. You'll get access to this and the rest of our catalog of patron-only episodes, and be the first to get a new patron episode every Monday when it drops. With love, the Death Panel.